from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Good morning and wake, welcome here to, I was going to say wake them here because welcome and wake them are together. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here where you're listening on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You're also listening on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com because the MixLR feed is embedded there for you, and you are watching on Facebook Live on facebook.com backslash live now dt we're inside of the charney's menswear and tuxedo studios 3150 erie boulevard east in syracuse new york and you know that mon paz kettle corn and popcorn factory brings you what's popping every single broadcast and what that is is the list of topics on the day so mon paz kettle corn and popcorn factory bringing you at least 50 different flavors inside of their location on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York, also brings you what's on the list for the day in each of these broadcasts of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The first one this morning in the first hour of the show is Sam Rogers. Sam Rogers played long snapper for Syracuse, a job that goes unnoticed and should never go unnoticed. One of those jobs that if you do it right, nobody says anything. It's it's when it's wrong. And not a lot of people said much of anything about when Sam Rogers had done something wrong out there. So we give him a lot of credit for the work that he's done because it was one of those thankless jobs that we're going to thank him for. Because if you're a good long snapper, you don't hear about it. It's kind of like being a good ref. If you're a good official, you don't hear, you know, people don't know your name that well. It's when you're a bad official that they know you're coming into the dome. So Sam Rogers, we'll talk with him in just a second here. He's joining us, a former Syracuse player. He's running for New York Senate. I'm very excited about that and excited about the opportunity to speak with him about that and about our community. And then in the second hour of the show at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we'll be joined by Todd Philcox, former quarterback of the Syracuse Orange, who lives down in Jacksonville, has a business down there. So we're going to talk about the Jaguars and Syracuse. And then we'll get to the top dog segment that uh, we missed this past Friday. We're going to do that for you today, announcing our top dog of the last week and uh, was pretty easy choice for me. So that's proudly brought to you by Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campground. So with that being said, it is my honor and my privilege to welcome him here to the broadcast. And that is Mr. Sam Rogers, former Syracuse player and current person on the ballot here for New York Senate that we're hoping to see you know, hopefully some great things come from here in the near future. So with that being said, Sam, how are you doing today? Hi, Dan. I'm doing great. Uh, good morning, and thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to, to chat with you over, over the next couple minutes about Syracuse football and also a little bit about what I've been up to uh, lately. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and Sam, for you, uh, you heard me say it in the intro, if you're a good long snapper, then you know, people people don't hear about it. You don't hear about it, so to speak. Just, you know, what you, what you can say about that, that if you do your job right, 
nobody's really talking about it. And and that's something, I mean, we talk about offensive linemen in that case too, that, you know, people don't tend to know the offensive linemen's names unless they're giving up sacks and whatnot. So uh, just what you can say about that, being in a job that at Syracuse, you know, you, you did so many things right that we didn't hear a lot of Sam Rogers when you were out there. Right, yeah, long snapping is... Uh, a thankless job you don't get into it for uh delights or, or any uh, uh praise so to speak your uh your praise is kind of silence and that's that's kind of how you have to set your mindset and that's what i tried to do over four years is you know if you can go kind of under the radar and lift up the the punters and the kickers and and the other special teams units you're really doing your good job so that's kind of the mindset i had to bring to football and i think it's it's carried over into other aspects of what I do is, you know, long snapping. It's all about lifting up the people around you. And um, it's amazing what you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. And that's really what, what you have to think about when you're snapping. And, um, but, but with that, you're still, you know, you're still on the, the division one football team and having a great time competing with your teammates. And there's a lot of awesome things that go into it as well. And, and Sam, what can you say about your time at Syracuse? I mean, to specifically look back at your history and, you know, the coaching staff that you had and the people that, that you had around you, just, just what you could say about your experience at Syracuse. Yeah, you know, I had a great experience at Syracuse, first and foremost. Um, it really molded me into who I am now and was just an amazing four years of my life that I spent playing for Syracuse and uh, going to classes up on the hill and I actually had a very unique experience also. I experienced a lot of different parts of the history of Syracuse football in terms of I played two years for coach Doug Marone. I was recruited by his staff. And then I played two years for Scott Schaefer. Um, so with a, you know, a different staff, different coaches. And then I also played two years in the Big East and two years in the ACC. So I got to travel to a lot of different venues and play in a lot of different um atmospheres and just experienced a whole lot um of variety during my college career which was really cool i really enjoyed uh playing in different stadiums you know i never played there's not a lot of stadiums away stadiums that i played in more than more than once so i got to just see a lot during my college career and it was it was really cool how things worked out and for you to go back to those playing days, speaking here with Sam Rogers of Syracuse football history, to have two different coaches, just what your takeaways were from from that experience, because you know you found out like a lot of players at Syracuse found out that it is a business, and you know coaches come and go and and whatnot. You know just just what that was like being on a team and, and being recruited by somebody and then seeing that person leave and then having to, you know, adjust. And, and obviously Schaefer was on the staff already, but just what that experience was like to have to go through a coaching change and to see how quickly you could kind of wake up in the morning and, and things aren't what you thought they were going to be. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it starts off with, well, as being recruited and kind of going through that process, a lot of feedback and advice that I got, was choose based on the school not the coaching staff because people understand that coaches do move around a lot and you know i was thankful that i chose syracuse university and uh you know that was kind of first and foremost and then i was playing on the football team as well so when the coaching change happened you know i was still very happy that i was at syracuse and it was a little 
uh, kind of up in the air because Coach Marone actually um, has a special teams background in terms of he did some field goal snapping when he was kind of bouncing around the NFL. And that meant a lot to me that the head coach kind of had this special teams background and he knows what's what's kind of going on with the specialists and the snappers and the kickers. And, you know, the fact that he was going to scholarship a snapper and a punter kind of right out of high school just spoke to the fact um, that he cared a lot about special teams. So when he decided to move on, you know, you kind of wonder, well, who's the coach they're going to bring in? Um, you know, is he going to care as much about special teams as, as Coach Marone did? And what's that going to mean for me and for, you know, the other kickers and, and that? So that's kind of immediately what went through my head. And then obviously as we, uh, the athletic department went through it and hired Scott Schaefer, um, that was a big relief because Coach Schaefer, you know, was on Coach Marone's staff um, as a defense coordinator. And I got to know him really well um, just those first two years. And it was a, kind of an extremely comfortable transition with Coach Schaefer. And, and uh, you know, he's another – he cares a lot about the special teams. And we just had a great relationship from beforehand, which really carried over to when he was a head coach as well. That coming this morning from Sam Rogers, former Syracuse player running for – New York Senate here in our community. Uh, Sam, what, you know, when, when Doug eventually left, what was, what was that experience like? Because the thing is, you know, only, only the people that really went through it can speak on it fully. Did he, did he address you guys? Did he talk with you? Did he sit with you? Was it a simple text message? Was it, you woke up and saw it on ESPN? I mean, every player goes through a different experience. What was the experience? Um, so we got, a. A team kind of message that uh, you know Coach Marone was given this opportunity that he's going to take in Buffalo. It was sometime after the pinstripe uh, bowl game, and it was you know some people. I think the team, to be honest, I don't really remember because we were on vacation at the time, so we weren't really together as a team. Yeah. Um, but it was you know it was a great opportunity for him. And I can't hold that against him at all for, for seeking that opportunity. Um, and then when we got back from from break, we had a team meeting where he was there and addressed the team. Um, and then that, that was kind of that. And I think, you know, when you, when you go through your career, there's a lot of different decisions that you make. Um, and I think, you know, Coach Marone made the best decision for him and his family. And I, I, I don't see it that surprising. Um, to be honest, I think I think it was you know a good decision for him, and it's just it's interesting to think about you know the beginning of that year we started off two and four, and yeah you know everyone was all you know maybe he might get fired at the end of this year, and then of course I mean he did a great job keeping that team together and keeping us moving in the right direction. We were a very talented team that year. Um, and then, you know, with his guidance and the coaching staff and our senior leaders on that team, we really put together something special that, you know, at the end of the year, everyone was very happy with the performance. And and it was, that was a great year. 2012 was, you know, on the field, probably one of the most fun years of my career. You know, and, and for you to have that and for you to have that that meeting, you know, that, that he had that conversation that you guys kind of got tipped off that something was going to happen, but, you know, that that he sat down with you. I know, at least from the outside looking in, he had been a man of, 
of of so few words and and even at Jacksonville you don't you don't see too many words come out what was it was it quick and painless was it kind of like ripping off a band-aid when when he did eventually sit down with you um to be honest I I'm trying to remember the the concrete details and I I don't remember specifically I I do know we knew at the time that he had taken the job so I think it was kind of more of a you know, he wanted to thank us and just talk to us. And I think everyone was, was pretty happy for him at that point. And you're right. He is he is a man of few words. And a funny story I have is, um, you know, my freshman and sophomore year when I was the snapper and the, the specialists kind of during the week, we're kind of on our own doing our own drills while the rest of the team is practicing. And Coach Marone decided that he wanted to have a weekly meeting with me on Friday and just learn what, you know, what are the specialists doing during the week or, you know, are they practicing or, you know, are they just goofing around? So I, you know, as this young kid had to go meet with Coach Marone, who, as you said, you know, he's a pretty, uh, key, a man of few words. And I was always so intimidated going into his office every Friday morning um, for this talk. And then eventually he, he started meeting with us as a group and he'd have us go around the table and tell him, you know, well, what did you get better this week? And he would just sit there and he'd just let you talk and yeah. keep talking and keep talking. <laughs> and finally, I told the guys, I was like, guys, just think of one like small thing that you worked on this week. Just say it and stop talking because he would just wait for you to like until you're talking yourself in circles. And it was just it was just a funny time for the specialists to be around the conference table with Coach Marone. Just, you know, what did you do this week to get better? Yeah. And, and then you moved on to Scott Schaefer at Syracuse and, and, and went into that era. And, and I got to spend a lot of time with Scott and, and really built uh, what I consider to be a good relationship with him, with his family, and to really just, you know, get around the person that, that he is and, and, and get to know him so much more than just being a football coach. What did you take away from Scott? Because he really, I mean, at least to me, he recruited very well. His staff, I'm close with his staff to this day that, you know, is all over the place now. Uh, what did you take away from Scott? Um, Coach Schaefer is just an amazing man, um, to be honest. He, uh, the, the one thing I love about Coach Schaefer is even when, so when Coach Marone was the head coach and Schaefer was the D coordinator, and again, you know, I'm a freshman, sophomore on the team, still a young guy kind of figuring out this whole college football thing. I, I can very vividly remember, you know, walking through the building or walking onto the bus and Coach Schaefer, you know, hey, Sammy, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. But he, he actually asked and actually cared, you know, no, how are you doing? It wasn't just like a, in passing, hey, how are you doing? But like, how are things going? Are you doing all right? How are classes? That sort of thing. And it always stuck out to me that, you know, Coach Schaefer, he, he cared so much about football and our team, and that, that was evident in his passion and just his fiery attitude. But he also cared so much about each and every one of us, and that's a very special thing to find in a head coach, especially at this level. And I think that's what kind of follows him, and that's why, you know, he's such a good coach and such a respected coach in, in the industry. Yeah, you know, and, and I would tend to agree, and I think it's funny that that's, that's what you decided to say about him because he would do that before every press conference. Almost every press conference, he would look at me, and, there, you know, there could be 30 of us in there, 40 of us in there, 10 of us in there, and right before we started, he'd go, hey, Danny, 
How you doing? And 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 my cousin one time picked it up. He goes because there was a spring game and they were carrying the live feed, and you could see like an aerial shot of of you know like thirty camera people, all the stuff, whatever. And so I was standing all the way to I was on his left, and but I was like right next to him. And right before it started, I guess they had started recording it. And he's like, I heard, I heard him say it. He like looked over and I remember he kind of just shot me a look and he went, Hey Danny. And, and then we got started. So, you know, I mean, he really was one of those people that if he liked you and he cared about you, he let you know. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's really all you can ask for. And, you know, it, it, it's such a, a unique time in, you know, my life as, as a college student, but you know, all my teammates lives and to have, someone like that who really cares about you and is also coaching you um it just makes the experience you know all the more better and and did you feel like before we start talking about the current team here with sam rogers did you feel like scott was was respected by the team i mean did you did you get a sense that i mean obviously i know how much he cared but do you feel like i mean you had a good experience with him i had a good experience with him do you do you feel that that, that was there because obviously like you said you want to you want to win and, and and you know you want there to be that progress and whatnot but was there a sense that that people respected him yeah a hundred percent and i think it started with you know the older guys on the team knew him as a defensive coordinator and had that relationship with him and so when he became the head coach that just kind of carried over that you know, we knew what he was going to bring every day and the enthusiasm and um, the attitude that he was going to have. And uh, we all looked up to him and respected him a lot. That coming here from Sam Rogers. And, and, and Sam, to take a look at the 2019 team before we speak on you running for New York Senate, we're here this morning inside of the Charney's Men's, Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios. 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. And, of course, we're speaking here with Sam Rogers about uh, football, about obviously his time with the Orange, with Doug Marone and Scott Schaefer, the current team, and and also running for Senate. Uh, what can you say about the current team and, you know, being in the community? I mean, obviously you can see this firsthand. So, you know, are, are you are you constantly bringing yourself over to the Dome? I mean, I, they had a three-game home stint here early on in the season. What can you say about this year with the team and, and how involved do you try to be? Sure, yeah. So this year actually um, is my first year um, with the exception of Antoine Cordy. So Antoine Cordy, you know, got his sixth year, which kind of messed up my my little spiel. But this is the, other than him, <laughs> yeah. I haven't played with anybody on the team. And so what is kind of funny about that situation is it, it really allows me to just be a fan. Yeah. And I am loving that part of being a Syracuse football fan. Because beforehand, you knew, I, I knew guys on the team when things happened, I'd text them after the game, maybe, hey, what's going on here? How you doing? That, And I knew kind of the inside um, aspects. Uh, but now I really don't. And I can just go to the Dome and cheer and clap and be happy. And, and it's a lot of fun this year um, just being a fan and kind of being with the community and supporting this team. And obviously there's a ton of things to be excited about um, with about, you know, still three quarters of the season to play. And, you know, this three game home stretch was awesome. I I went to the games and I just love going to the dome and and cheering on uh, the team, especially from the fan side now. And the, the Dino Babers side of things, you had two different coaches, but 
Now there's a, yet another one that over these past few seasons as he steps into year number four this season and is currently three and two. What are your thoughts on, on Dino Babers? I know he wasn't your head coach, but you know, you are in this community and, and just what your takeaway has been. Sure. Yeah. I love coach Babers. I think what he's done uh, with, with the teams and, you know, last year especially was amazing and great for the community. And also, you know, talking about respecting the, the coach, I, from what I see, and of course, um, I'm not in the room, but it just seems like the guys really look to him and he's got that team, um, you know, listening to him and, and kind of bought into what he's doing. And I think that's, that's cool to see from, from the side. And I think he's done some great things, uh, for the team. And like a lot of people, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll, he'll stick around for a long time. Absolutely. And, and I, I do want to get to the current long snapper on the team. Uh, Aaron Belinsky had to step up last year and, you know, sure. and, and step in for Matt Keller going down. Uh, well, uh, you know, so, so in all honesty, let's start with Matt Keller. What did you take away from, from Matt's time there? I know that he obviously cared a lot, and then we'll get into Aaron. But, you know, Matt's, Matt's career had to, unfortunately, uh, it ended in a way that you don't want to see on, which is with injury. What did you take away from Matt Keller? You know, Matt is a, is a really good friend of mine, and I uh, enjoyed watching his career and kind of coaching him through some things and talking to him about, you know, different things while he was playing. And I think, he had, you know, he had a great career. He stepped in um, kind of like I did as a freshman and just was thrown right into it and uh, played really well for four years. And he got, you know, broke his collarbone at the Clemson game last year which was, you know, it's kind of, like you said, it's heartbreaking for a senior, a guy like that, um, to get hurt. But it, what was cool for Matt is he got to come back and he played in the bowl game. Um, so he got he got that bowl game experience, which he had worked so hard for, like a lot of the guys his age, um, that, that first bowl game, which is such a special time. And, you know, Matt's a great snapper, and uh, he's continuing to do well now, and um, he had a great career at Syracuse. Absolutely, and and, and on the other side of it, uh, for well, I should say, you know, in the continuation of the long snappers at Syracuse, the guy that stepped in for him, Aaron Belinsky. Uh, Aaron Belinsky recently here in the last game had a big time moment. A special teams unit for the second week in a row forced a fumble on an opponent's punt return attempt. They did it against Western Michigan when running back Abdul Adams forced it in this most recent game against Holy Cross, where Syracuse won forty-one. To three, the person that did it was long sophomore long snapper Aaron Belinsky forced the fumble by senior punt returner John John Roberts and Tyrell Richards would recover the ball for Syracuse and then it took one play right after that for Tommy DeVito to step back and find Tristan Jackson for a 17-yard touchdown. So Aaron, as a long snapper, you don't hear about this again enough, and you don't hear about this a lot to you know be the long snapper to set up that punt and then run down the field and be the guy that forces the fumble. I mean, not only did he do two great things on this play, but he had to haul some tail to, you know, be able to snap that ball and then get down there and do what he had to do. Just what you could say about a, a play like that for a long snapper to hike the ball, set up the punt, make sure everything works out in that respect, and then run down there and force the fumble on the punt return. Yeah, that's right. It was an amazing play by, by Aaron, and, and one that he'll remember uh, for a very long time. Uh, getting in there, forcing the fumble, and then again, 
you know, what's really cool about it is, like you said, the play right after, he, he kind of set up that touchdown. Yeah. And as we kind of talked about at the top of the hour, you know, long snappers, you're not, you're not mentioned much. Um, but when you are for something good like that, um, it's such a special moment. And actually, my sophomore year, I forced a fumble at Temple. And it, it's funny because coaches and players that I played with will still come up to me, and that's what they'll talk about because that's what they remember. Yeah. And so Aaron kind of has this uh, uh, this moment in the Holy Cross game that he'll remember, and you know the teammates will remember, and it'll just be a really great thing. And you know the again the forcing the fumbles and that that's not really what you expect from your long snapper when you get that. Yeah. Um, it's such a special moment, but what Aaron has been able to do as a snapper, um, especially a young guy. And like you said, stepping in, in the middle of the year last year, and then continuing on as a starter this year, um, you know, Syracuse is a really good special teams unit and that it, it takes a, it takes a good snapper to allow those guys to shine. And Aaron's just doing a great job, uh, picking up where Matt left off and, allowing you know sterling and andre to to really um demonstrate their skills and and be as good as they are yeah and it's it's been tremendous and you did it so i mean how i mean you got like i said you you gotta you gotta haul to get you know to snap that ball and get down the field and and to go after it like that i mean you've done it now aaron's done it bring me into you know that experience for you and i mean (laughs) Because to me, I mean, it's like you know, you got to set up, you got to do your job, you you know, you got to make sure that you snap that ball correctly, put the punter in a good position, and then you got to run through, break through, you know, all of their defense, and then be able to get to the player and force that fumble. It's not an easy play that you and Aaron accomplished. Right, and again, that's why it doesn't happen very often. But, uh, <laughs> they say, you know, the the most important thing you're going to do as a long snapper is getting the ball to the punter, and then if you if you have a blocking assignment, taking care of that. Um, so you got to do that right off the bat, and then you do, you know, running down the field. And I'll tell you, I found out very quickly uh, in college football, you know, when you're running down the field, it feels like everything's moving and, and fast forward. Uh, these guys on the punt return unit, are they are just tremendous athletes. And, you know, I, I'm, I came to Syracuse to long snap, and I, I had a great high school athletic career and all that, but um, the guys on the field that are, you know, the defensive backs and the linebackers, they are just tremendous athletes and a lot faster than I ever was. Um, so it's tough to, uh, to make plays like that, and you just, you just got to watch the film, prepare the week before, and hopefully you end up in the right position where um, you can make a play like that. And a lot of it, again, goes back to the punter hanging the ball up in the air and giving you the time that as snappers we need to kind of get down there and, and get involved in the play. Absolutely, and, you know, Sterling Hoffrichter has been uh, been tremendous, and, and there's been so many great punters that have come through Syracuse history. So kind of in closing with the with the football side of things, just what you could say about, you know, you being on the, on the staff that you were on, being in the group that you were in, and just what you can say about, you know, the, the kickers and, and the punters that you had the experience with at Syracuse because there's been some tremendous athletes that have gone through on special teams as of late. Yeah, sure. And I, I'll, I'll start off by saying I am just having so much fun watching the specialists this year. And I 
I am a, a huge proponent for, I believe, Syracuse has the best punter and the best kicker in the country on the same team. And that is such an advantage in college football because the variety you get from specialists is so wide compared to the NFL where, you know, the statistics are, are much more narrow in the NFL. In college, you get, you know, kickers and punters spraying the ball all over the place. So when you can count on guys like Sterling and Andre to just consistently get the job done like they do is, is such an advantage. And even last week, you know, we saw Sterling walk onto the field and drill a 52-yard field goal, which in itself is just amazing. You know, the, the talent that those guys have is incredible. And like you said, I got to play with also very talented specialists. And, and to start off, you know, with the punters, I, I never got to play with Rob Long, but I have became a very, very good friend of his and trained with him as he was training in the NFL and just a fantastic punter. Um, and then also, you know, I played most of my career with Riley Dixon. Again, you know, he's going on his fourth year now in the NFL. Amazing punter. I trained with him uh, before the draft. And just what he was able to do at Syracuse is amazing. And, you know, now I'm in the stands watching Sterling and, you know, he is just as good and just as consistent as these guys. And, you know, if he keeps it up and keeps working as he has, and I know he will, he's going to have a very, very bright future that, um, you know, could, could very possibly and likely extend uh, beyond Syracuse. And then also, you know, I got I got to work with Ross Krautman, Cole Murphy, um, even Ryan Norton, all great kickers with good legs. And, um, again, what Andre's doing and the consistency he's bringing. You know, he's a young guy. He's, he's still just a sophomore. And uh, he's got he's got a lot of time to, to continue to develop that consistency. And, and I would expect a, a great career for him at Syracuse. And, again, he could be pushing – extending that career beyond Syracuse. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I like the fact that you bring up, you know, that side of it for special teams because, you know, like we talked about before, it becomes a, a thankless job. But, you know, Andre Schmidt, for the first time ever, with all the good kickers that have come through the history of Syracuse, he is the first ever kicker at Syracuse to take home the nation's top kicker award and with the Lou Groza Award, and, and that's obviously something – Huge for him, and then Sterling for what Sterling's done, and you know, and to and to be able to have the boot that he has to make that fifty-two yarder in the most recent game because he came in as a kicker punter, and you know, when when they need him for that, he's got it. And I and and coach uh, after the game, I do want to make a quick note that uh, Dino Babers said, and and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that Sterling Hoffrichter has the best leg on the team, and Andre Schmidt has has by far. Uh, the the most uh, he's like the most accurate kicker that Dino's ever seen in his life, so right. you know it does say something that Syracuse has this ex- expertise on the team, and I'm happy we get to talk about it this morning because it 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 goes again unnoticed. If you make the field goal, then everybody cheers and we go to commercial break. But it's so much more than that. Sure, no doubt, and and the good thing for Sterling too is, you know. Now scouts know he can go out there and hit a 50-yard field goal. And if he is going to try and extend his career into the NFL, you know, he'll be a punter. But that's that's kind of a plus in the column because, you know, NFL teams can only carry so many guys on their roster that they only have one kicker. And it doesn't happen 
often, but if that kicker gets hurt in a game, the punter is the next guy up. Yeah. So if you know you have a punter that can can hit field goals too, you know that's not going to be a deciding factor, but it's going to make a guy much more attractive. Absolutely. That coming from Sam Rogers here this morning. Former Syracuse long snapper, always a part of the Brotherhood of Syracuse. As we speak inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. The final piece this morning that I wanted to get to with Sam Rogers is the fact that you're running for New York Senate. And, you know, just the importance of this for you. I mean, we always talk about life after football. It's, a, it's an important piece on the show you know, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to let these young men know that, you know, there is life after football and you do have to set up your future while you're living your present. Just what you could say about what made you interested in, in this opportunity, interested in, in politics and, you know, what, what kind of got you started here as we get to where we are right now with you running for Senate? Yeah, well, I'd say, I think, you know, thinking about life after football, one of the the great things that these guys should be thinking about and, you know, athletes across the board is what they're doing is preparing them for life after football and is preparing them for, um, you know, the professional world, because I think, you know, football is, is a fiction for life. And it, it might be one of the closest um, simulations that, that you could possibly come up with because it's manufactured adversity, you know, through a football season and, through games you're constantly going through the ups and downs and learning how to fight through it learning how to battle learning how to do it with the team and for the guys playing now or you know the the guys and girls that are all student athletes it's going to set them up so much uh, for the rest of their lives and i tell a story when i was interviewing for law firms um, in new york city as a law student they didn't want to talk about the law. They wanted to talk about my experience, you know, as a Syracuse football player, as a Syracuse football captain, um, because those qualities and the disciplines that it takes, um, you know, the professional world understands that and they're attracted to it. Um, so to all the athletes out there that are kind of going through the grind, you, you're really setting yourself up um, to be a very, very attractive commodity in the professional world. And so where I kind of got um, to where I am now is I, I was working an internship uh, in a New York City law firm. And it was a great firm. It was great people, complex problems, really smart um, people I was working with. And it's kind of where at Cornell Law School, you're funneled to these big law firms that pay you a lot of money and you work a ton of hours and it's just kind of that big law life. And I, I clearly figured out that it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do, I learned, is what I learned I loved doing when I was playing football for Syracuse. And that was being involved in the community. That was going into the schools and in the Syracuse school district and talking to the kids or going to open gyms in Casanova and playing with the kids and just being being inspiring and being encouraging to, to the youth of the community or getting my teammates rallied and excited about a brain cancer fundraiser we were going to do because because the community cares what we have to say and we should leverage that that opportunity to to inspire other people to um, to get involved and that was also just seeing the, the fan base and the community look to us as athletes um, and care what we had to say and so I was kind of sitting there in my office in New York thinking you know that's what I want to do 
And and after talking to my wife, who who works for Syracuse University, um, we were just so excited to stay in Syracuse. We for for a little bit it was, you know, maybe we'll go to New York City, maybe we go somewhere else. But for both of us, it was just such a great realization and such a great time to come to the the position where we're going to stay here because we love this community, we believe in it, and. You know, we believe that it's, it's a, a great place to live and we want to inspire and encourage other people to think the same way. And so when I got back and decided we we're going to stay, it was, you know, I want to find find a position where I can be that person in the community and and really be just a light to other people that might need some some inspiration. And, and having that, you know, you came back to this community to do it. Why why Syracuse? Why here? I mean, I know you played your, your football here, but why Central New York? You, you said that you believe that you can help young professionals stay in Central New York after college. You want to build up this community. You want to help this community. Why Why us? Why are we so important to you? Well, sure. And I'd say, you know, I came back in a sense, but I never left. You know, my wife yeah. and I, we had our house uh, in Syracuse. And while I was in New York... You know, we were doing some traveling back and forth. And even when I was at law school at Cornell, I'd drive down to Ithaca and come back for class. Um, but like what she said, we just, you know, we met at Syracuse. My wife, Jenna, was a four-year player on the soccer team, a two-year captain. And, you know, we met at Manly Fieldhouse. And we we just together loved this, this area. And, you know, kind of looking at it more uh, from a, a political sense is there's there's so much untapped potential here. And I think there's so much room for growth and we're heading in the right direction. And I just, I'm excited for the opportunity to be a part of that, that continuing process. And, you know, for the growth for Syracuse, what do you, what do you see for central New York? What do you see for Syracuse? I mean, what, what can we be? What are, I guess the two part is, are we growing in your opinion? And then secondly, what can we become? Sure. I think, I, th- I mean, are we growing is there's um, a few interesting aspects to that. You know, there's a lot there's a lot to say for a declining population in upstate New York. Um, I think that that is something that should be kind of a red flag that we think about to where, you know, people are leaving. And and the question is, you know, why is that happening? And that's that's part of the the the, the fun problem that that I'll get to think about and, and add to the solution kind of as. You know, I progress through this uh, this campaign and, and eventually what comes next. Um, but I think I think we're moving in the right direction. I think even if you think of the downtown area in, in the last five years, I think some some cool things have happened. And and I think it, it's going to take, you know, good leadership and people that hold hold groups accountable for for the things that they say they're going to develop and and everything that's going to happen. But I, I, I say there's so much untapped potential because if, if you look at the area, it's just, it's just such a central place. And if you think of, you know, the interstate 81 that comes up to Syracuse and 90 that cuts across the state and the country, there's, there's just a, it should be a vibrant community. And I think we're moving towards that and we're starting to put the right people in place that, that are going to achieve that. And I think that it, it will be a, a very special place, even more special than it is already uh, to live. And that coming from Sam Rogers. Sam, in closing, I, I definitely want to have you back on here and, and, and as you continue to run for New York Senate to speak on your message and, and speak on what you're 
your hopes are because you have such a unique uh, perspective here and a unique connection to the community. But for for you, I, I always think it's important, no matter what people are doing in their lives. I, I always say, why you? What's the what's the mission statement for you as a human being? Why why you? Why you for New York Senate? Why you know why anybody for any job out there in a relationship? There's you know, millions and millions of people out there in this world. So why that girl? Why that guy? You know, there's always that question of, you know, what do you think of yourself? What makes you unique? What makes you special? And what that mission statement is. So I kind of want to open the floor for you to kind of make that whatever you want to make it, but to give you that opportunity this morning. Sure. And I would say, you know, you look at where we're at right now, um, politically, kind of as a culture, um, I think it's leadership. You know, we we need leaders. We need uh, fresh young faces, new ideas, uh, new leadership to really step up. And, you know, it's kind of funny as I've, I've talked to different people and um, gotten different advice. There's been there's been some people that have kind of asked, you know, why? Like you, you read the news, you know how kind of the, the political temperature is now. Why would you want to get into that? You know, you have this job offer to go make a lot of money at this big law firm you know, why not just do that? Because politically, there's there's just no way you can make a difference. And, you know, I think that's the reason why I need to get into it, because I do believe that I can make a difference. I believe I can make a difference, you know, to, to you, to the next person and to the district and, and to the people that we come in contact with. I think we need um, leaders to, to step into this role. And I think for, for too long, um, qualified people have been deciding to do other things and you know i want to be part of part of uh that kind of movement as someone that that you know yeah i could go work in a law firm but but i feel that this is what i should be doing right now and um that's that's kind of what where i'm at that coming from sam rogers running for new york senate and spreading his message about central and upstate new york how we can make it better how we can make it home again to some people that may not feel that way. And, and like you said, you know, why get involved in politics? And, you know, because I've, I've thought about this stuff myself. And the question is always, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself out there, especially now? And the answer for that is because you care. And if people that care are going and doing other jobs and staying out of it, then you're kind of just leaving the world to the wolves, so to speak, as I say sometimes, because the people that care are the ones that should be representing the people, and they're not always doing that. So for you to want to do this and to spread your message and to be positive and to step outside of your comfort zone, I want to first and foremost thank you for that, and and hopefully you know we can have you back here plenty of times to continue the conversation, but just thank you for going outside of yourself and thinking of other people because the world needs that more than ever right now. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. I'd love to come on again. Thanks for having me. And like you said, just to close, you know, I, I have a heart to serve and I want to continue doing that. I think as a member of the football team, that was kind of shown to the community. And if given the chance, I'm, I'm going to keep, keep that goal and, and keep showing uh, the people of this community that I'm just here to serve and would love the opportunity. And I'm excited uh, for the process. So thanks again for having me. It, uh, really, real pleasure. Oh, absolutely. And God bless. And I look forward to talking with you soon. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Take Dan. care.